Namibia's premier business show. This is The Business Report on Nova 1035. Hi, I'm David. Welcome to The Business Report on Thursday, the 25th of January. Only 11 months till Christmas. <laughs> Anyway, in today's show, I speak to Melvin Angula about his new role as CEO of Letsego Microfinancial Services Namibia and what his plans and goals are. In our first spotlight feature of the year, Limey finds out more about Executive Director of the Namibia Institute of Corporate Governance, Edla Kaumbi. And if you're planning any changes to your investment portfolio, you don't want to miss Gary's conversation with the finance ghost. But first, here's the daily biz news update. Here's a look at some of today's trending business stories. Biz News on the Business Report. The Biz News is brought to you by Ashburton Investments. Fully invested to help your assets grow. Growing the economy together. Biz News. With your biz news, I'm Tonataka Dila. The government has ruled out creating a new national airline post the 2021 Air Namibia liquidation. Transport Minister John Mutorva, however, suggested the possibility of a future smaller regional carrier. Saudi Arabia will start importing South African beef and lamb products as part of an investment push into the continent's most developed economy. The Kingdom's Food and Drug Administration lifted a 20-year prohibition on South African meat imports in August and final approvals to start shipments of halal cuts to the Middle Eastern country are now in place. After a measly 3% gain in equities in 2023, localist Leka seems to be the predominant theme among SA's fund managers. South African bonds are expected to outperform in 2024 as global interest rates are predicted to trend lower starting from the second quarter. And finally, Microsoft became the second ever company worth $3 trillion on Wednesday as the artificial intelligence boom sent shares of the company's stock soaring higher. For comparison, Microsoft's market value is now larger than the entire GDP of France. Taking a look at your latest financial indicators, the Namibia dollar is trading at 1893 to the US dollar, 2061 to the euro, and 2408 to the British pound. Gold is trading at 2014 US dollars, 79 cents a fine ounce, while Brent crude oil costs 80 dollars, 4 cents a barrel. I'm Tonata Kadila. Stay tuned for more updates. The business news was brought to you by Ashburton Investments. Speak to your financial advisor or visit us at ashburtoninvestments.com. About investing with Ashburton. A snapshot of some of today's biggest business stories. Biz News on the Business Report. Today's biggest business story. The Future Media News Team speaks to the people at the heart of it. Political intrigue, results, currency and crypto, mining and green hydrogen, and so much more. Tune in on Nova 1035 from Monday to Thursday with repeats the following morning to stay up to date with the biggest stories in Namibia. The lead story is proudly brought to you by Alex Forbes. Alex Forbes, insight, advice, impact. Melvin Angula began his role as Letsego Microfinancial Services Namibia's Chief Executive Officer on the 18th of December. And we're speaking to him today to find out how his first month has been, as well as his plans for the company. Hello, Mr. Angula. Hi. 
Thank you for having me. So let's start off with your first month then. You started just before Christmas and what in Namibia is traditionally a very slow time for business. How, how's your month been? Did you manage to hit the ground running or was there some quiet time to get yourself used to the role? I think it's both. Um, as much as a slow time for other types of businesses like retail, money is still flowing. That's the time that flows the most. So it came at the right time when everybody else is going on holiday. Um, it allowed me to ease into the role with him and, you know, and immense myself into the organization. Um, and it also provided an opportunity to, to engage with the team because they're a lot more re- relaxed so I can get to understand the operations, the lay of the groundwork, just and also start planning for the year ahead, mm. understand what the strategy is. Um, so I would say it has been a very proactive and productive uh, and insightful month in December. Okay. Not not good for my family, but definitely good for the business. <laughs> Speaking of coming into a, a new role, uh, how, how has the welcome been? Were you open arms or was oh, there man, a bit of trepidation? It's, no, it's, um, it's been brilliant. I think uh, for me especially, uh, it's the first time I'm, I'm jumping from one industry to another. I've been in telecommunications uh, all my my. my, my all my uh, work life um, now going into the fintech space. I'm into the into the finance, microfinance space. It's uh, it's it's uh, it feels good to what you said, being the dumbest in the room. Um, so uh, the team has been very welcoming, uh, very mature individuals, well vested, have a great amount of knowledge in the banking space. I look forward to working with them. So I'm so excited. So you mentioned that extensive background in the telecommunications field. What? features of that industry do you think you bring with you to let's say go that that'll be of benefit to the company well i think everybody has seen how telecommunications has been a drive of innovation um and the one thing that i definitely my background in telecommunication that has given me a deep appreciation for is the importance of digital innovation as well as customer centricity um in the rapid evolving uh, space of financial services these qualities are also equally vital so the telecom industry excels in leveraging technology to enhance customer experience and i just wish to bring that focus on innovation and customer satisfaction to let's say in that same space as well so Digital transformation, understanding the regulatory environment, those are the things that I'm definitely looking at, which I have great um, great knowledge on. Okay. So, as you say, you might not have that much uh, experience in the banking or financial services industry, but but it's not your first foray into the world of finance. You, you did Correct. work on MTC's mobile financial services strategy. Mm-hmm. So, will you be pushing a, a mobile slash technology-based future for, let's say, micro-financial services? Absolutely. Um, I think one of the reasons why I chose to, you know, uh, to join Latsiho was that I think of all the banks, all the banks that definitely have that open-mindedness in terms of adopting technology. Uh, technology will play a very vital role in shaping the future of Latsiho microfinancial services. I've seen how mobile financial services can transform accessibility and efficiency on the financial solutions, especially a market like Namibia that does not have these lower-end services for mm-hmm. markets where they're underserved, unserved people get to have those services. You've seen it in Kenya with M-Pesa. You're seeing it growing a lot now in South Africa mm-hmm. with Momo and the likes. So I'm trying to see how we can bring forth that type of technology into this into this space. Um, and while we continue to provide traditional services, you can expect us to have a heavy investment in digital platform and also making sure that our consumers get to be serviced uh, responsibly. Okay. L- let's look at that strategy then without giving away too much to the competition who may be listening what are your plans for the company well strategy overarching uh, definitely like everybody else to become a leading provider of inclusive and innovative financial solutions uh, in Namibia um, the other the other one we're doing will definitely be focusing on three key pillars uh, first 
is definitely why I'm here mm-hmm. to uh, enhance digital capabilities, ensuring that customers have customers have access to modern and convenient uh, services. Secondly, is definitely to see how I can help with what the team has been doing brilliantly well in uh, strengthening our product offering. Um, creating tailor-made service, uh, services and products to, to, to consumers. And then lastly, um, I think we forget as a banker, we need to have, be very responsible. That means financial education, mm. inclusion. Um, for us as a micro-lending service provider is we're not trying to put uh, customers into debt. We're actually trying to get them out of debt so they become self-sustainable, so they become self-reliant and self-provisioning. So that's our three main pillars, three main goals. Uh, my board was very explicit. We should not be seen as a cash loan. We should be seen as a as a financial mm. provider, a financial educator, and a financial influencer. At the end of the day, so those are those are the things that I'm trying to push it. Okay, and those will obviously those pillars and everything will guide the the strategy and the product offering that gets Correct. developed through the new digital platforms. So everybody's got a cell phone right now. Mm. Not everybody has a bank account. Yeah, it's very simple. So how do we leverage off that? How do we partner up with tech providers, fintech providers, and see how we can push these services? Not only the 30, 40% of the customers that have access to banking, how can we push it to 100%? Uh, right now, telecommunications is over 100% in coverage. Mm. We want to leverage off that. Okay. Uh, so, yeah, you've only recently started, but let's fast forward a good number of years. Your 10 years coming to an end. You <laughs> look back at your time with Letego. What would you see as having been successful in your role? I think people seeing Letego as a household name. Um, the commitment to financial inclusion. If you have financial issues, financial problems, Letego being seen as that brother that will come and hold your hands and carry you on. Um, five, ten years, seeing a very good portfolio, being part of the innovation. Uh, Namibia has been one of the, the, the key pillars in driving innovations in Africa. We want to be part of that drive as well. So I'm dedicated to achieving that during my tenure um, and then definitely leaving a legacy where uh, I was able to do something in the financial sector. Well, thank you so much and all the best for the future. No, thank you very much for having me. Appreciate it. The lead story was proudly brought to you by Alex Forbes. Alex Forbes. Insight. Advice. Impact. That was today's lead story. A closer look at one of the biggest issues making the news today. Make sure you don't miss any of our features by looking out for our podcasts on nova.com.na. With our ancient desert and endless coastline and vistas, Namibians understand the value of time. At Ashburton Investments, our local team combines international capabilities and proven strategies with local commitment and insights to deliver quality returns over time. Visit ashburtoninvestments.com or speak to your financial advisor about investing with Ashburton. Ashburton Investments is a member of the First Rand Namibia Group and registered with Namfisa. As an established business owner, you know what it takes to build a business in our constantly changing environment. What's next? Growth without chaos? Growth to enable a successful succession or exit? Or next level growth to dominate your industry? At Auric, A-U-R-I-K. We work with business owners like you and their teams to deliver your unique business ambitions using a proven systematic approach that has worked for over 3,000 businesses. Visit aurik.com. 
The Spotlight is a weekly feature on the Business Report. It aims to recognize those amongst us who have changed the course of Namibian business, politics and society in general. We find out what makes them tick and learn more about their journey. This is their story on The Spotlight. This evening on The Business Report, it's wonderful to have the recently appointed Executive Director of the Namibia Institute of Corporate Governance, Ms. Edla Kaumbi. Edla is an accomplished professional with an MBA candidacy and a BCom degree. She's a certified expert in both ethics and project management. Her career has been marked by significantly contributing in the fields of audit and risk management, equipping her with a profound understanding of corporate governance, which makes her the perfect person for the job. Her experience is characterized excuse me, by her innovative approach to ethics and governance, coupled with her expertise in training and development, internal audit and business analysis. These skills have enabled her to effectively craft and implement comprehensive governance frameworks. And I know she's incredibly passionate about issues of ethics and integrity. And I couldn't think of a more perfect person for the job as Executive Director of Namibia's Institute for Corporate Governance. Edla, it's a mouthful, I know, but welcome <laughs> to the spotlight feature on the business report. Thank you so much, Laimi. Thank you for having me. It's wonderful to have you here. Really, on this platform, we provide you an opportunity to tell your story as we get to know the person um, behind the NICG. Edla, tell us about tell us about yourself. Who is Edla? Yeah, I I, I think I'm a passionate optimist who believes in doing things with excellence. Um, I believe in God. I believe in family, in friendship, in fun, and I love good food as well. Um, I mean, the other stuff you already read um, about who I am professionally and so on. But yeah, that's who I am. Hmm. People development. Yeah. And I know you have a deep passion for people, especially working yeah. with training. Yeah. So, Edla, your time at FNB, let's go there, and then um, in the United States, and then at the Africa Leadership Institute. How do you think that all, uh, all of this culminated in preparing you for the role as Executive Director of the NICG? Yeah, so certainly. So, at FNB, yo, I, I've had such great leaders at FNB. I mean, I, I went there as a child, uh, and I, I think I came out of there as a woman, and so they really brought out my, you know, confidence. They harnessed my skills, you know, showed me who I am. Um, leaders like Rowan Yeomans and Internal Audit, you know, sh- you know, showed us how to work with excellence. I've had Miss Barbara Dreyer, I think she's at the Bank of Namibia, you know, who made me confident in who I am. Miss Sharon Schroeder, Manya van der Waal, all of these people, um, you know, they, they taught me the things that I knew in internal audit, in um, business analysis, because I even worked as a systems um, development analyst. I worked in HR with Anastasia Williams. And so all of these people made me the person that I am, you know, and exposed me to all of these different business areas. I mean, even Johan Duplessis at the, at, you know, the chief risk officer at, at First National Bank, they saw in me what I didn't see in myself and that, you know, gave me confidence. When I went to the United States, it was really about discovering myself. I'm a spiritual person and I, and I wanted to discover more of that area, you know, I believe in the mystical and, you know, the supernatural. And I wanted to dedicate time to just discover more of that. And it turned up, you know, supposed to be one year turned into two years. 
And it was a place that really developed my love for this nation and to, to, you know, to extend more than just me and my little life, but to, you know, to think of the impact that we can make, you know, and that's why I actually went to the African Leadership Institute after that, because I have heard about, I had heard about Darby Faree. And when I met him, I think it was the first time that I saw somebody so passionate about the nation, like, you know, he, they do leadership training, but his heart is always for, you know, um, the founding father, you know, left us with a country of peace. Um, the, uh, he, Mr. Pr- President Hifike Punya Pohamba, you know, gave us stability and the current president, you know, is striving to give us prosperity. And so, but, you know, prosperity is harder to get and mm. everybody needs to give, needs to um, contribute. And so for me, that's made me also aware of these things and wanting to be a part of, you know, contributing to that. So Edna, what is your vision? I know that it's been barely a month into this brand new job as the executive director of the NICG, but Mm -hmm. what is your vision Mm -hmm. for the NICG? Yeah, honestly, my vision is the vision of the NICG. Um, We want to be the custodian of corporate governance in Namibia. We want to adopt and champion global best practices for the benefit of all governing bodies, you know, and um, we want to do that through capacity building and advocacy in both public and private sectors. Yeah. And then this brings me to this question. I know because personally knowing you, you're very passionate about issues of integrity and ethics. What Mm -hmm. would you like to see more of in organizations in Namibia? Honestly, the simple answer is just good governance. And that looks like organizations understanding their purpose. In other words, why do they exist? And then, you know, having the, the governance principle. In other words, what is their value generation? Having the right strategy, um, having accountability systems and having proper oversight. And then doing stakeholder engagement, having the right leadership, you know, this is ISO 37,000 things, you know, having, making the right decisions, having the right data, having risk governance practices, um, being socially responsible and having a business that's viable and performing well over time, being performance focused. And I think all of that would lead to ethical behavior. Just have the right systems, do the right things. Um, yeah, if our organizations can be like that, I think we will have ethical behavior. Just do the basics, just. Yeah, <laughs> I think you've summed it up so well because if each of us contributes yes. in our own way, then we get to the bigger mm-hmm. vision. Like, yeah. you know, like focus yeah. on what it is that mm-hmm. we are doing as individuals and then that will contribute to the bigger picture. This is the final question we're going to ask you for this interview. And that is years from now. Yeah. Uh, when you've set out to do what you're going to do, you and your team. What is the legacy you would like to be known for, for your time that you've spent as executive director of the NICG? Yeah, man, I, I don't think like that. You know, I, I don't think about me, but I, I would love the NICG, the, you know, the vision to be realized. I want us to have contributed to you know, the national development plan, you know, where we have economic diversification, where there's been human capital development, environmental sustainability and poverty reduction. So I want the NICG to have been instrumental in helping organizations do that because if each organization govern themselves well and, and stay true to their mandate, we will achieve these goals. We will, you know, achieve Harambe, you know, prosperity and so on. And so that's the vision that I have. To listen to the full interview, go to the podcast page on futuremedia.com.na. It's time for your weekly look at some of the hot stocks on the JSE and things affecting the South African and sometimes Namibian economy with expert analysis by the Finance Ghost.
Post Biz is proudly presented by IJG. IJG, making your money work for you. Welcome back. Uh, brand new year, hopefully a brand new you as well, and that you've uh, started climbing the stairs on the way to the office. Uh, time now to turn our attention to uh, the markets, to the equities, and uh, to welcome back the finance ghost. Welcome back, ghost. Yes, thank you so much. New year, new you, same ghosts. So hopefully we can learn some stuff. Listen, do ghosts take holidays or do they just hang around getting uh, into the spirit of things? <laughs> <laughs> we don't take long enough holidays, but I did at least do a road trip across a big part of South Africa. So that was pretty cool. Can't complain. Fantastic. Let's get into it. Uh, just because it's early in the year doesn't mean the companies aren't doing things and busy telling us what's going on uh, or reporting results. Let's start out with AVI. Uh, over the Christmas period, many people get into the snacks and the, the larder gets filled up with all sorts of different products. Does, uh, does that help them? They've, they've put out a trading update um, and reported revenue growth of 9.8%. So it would seem that that is, it has been what's happened. Uh, yeah, so basically they have had a pretty good period actually in their trading update to the 31st of December. And I think that people do tend to spend on branded goods. So, you know, you've obviously got this whole private label versus brands debate playing out in your local supermarket aisle. And I think it very much depends on the product category. So what I mean by that is, you know, I don't know about you and the listeners, but certainly if I want to have something a bit naughty, which means packed with sugar, it needs to be the taste that I know and love and trust, right? My Skellum snack. So, mm. you know, if I'm going to choose biscuits, I want to know what they taste like. If I'm going to have chips, they're going to be Blue Doritos, which is a PepsiCo, actually. So, you know, some of AVI's products are very much in that space, more the sort of Snackworks division, that's where they got revenue growth of 9.8%. But it's actually not the highest growing part of the group. That went to Entice Beverages, which grew 16%. But the interesting little learning here for me is that at Entice, they couldn't actually recover all of their cost pressures through pricing increases because I think consumers are more price sensitive on drinks. There's generally alternatives. You know, you can always just wait till you get home, right? But you can't wait till you get home to have biscuits. You're not going to just sort of break those out of the, uh, out of the oven. So... What ends up happening is the snacking business can actually protect its margins through increasing prices. Other parts of the business, like beverages, they have to do some clever stuff in their manufacturing. They have to drive volumes to get economies of scale. But I think where AVI has a really good reputation is they do a lot with a little. So they've always kind of had this reputation of having a great management team. And, you know, even though they operate in a country with low growth and consumer pressures and everything else, they managed to turn it into quite good results. And they did that as well this time around. They managed to grow headline earnings per share by between 16 and 18%, which I think is really impressive. And that is with a tough result in I&J, where revenue growth uh, was actually, you know, not great at all. Fish sales volumes fell 17.1%. They had poor catch rates, they had issues at the Cape Town port, they had a taxi strike in the Western Cape. So, you know, INJ is causing them some strain. Fishing is not easy, either recreationally or otherwise, but uh, AVI managed to pull through. Another thing that happens over December is people uh, tend to utilize their vehicles differently to how they do for the rest of the year. Uh, and uh, sometimes they leave them at home and take one car on holiday, and then they've got to make sure that when they come home, that car is still there. Uh, a company called Karoo, and I'm not sure what the correct pronunciation of it is, because it does have five O's in it. So perhaps you can tell us a little bit more about Karoo, who are the owners of CarTrack. Yeah, I mean, apparently there is a good explanation for the name, but maybe it's for that long stretch of road when you're a bit hutful of the Karoo and it's just carrying on and on and on <laughs> and it's got five O's in it. I count them every time I write about it. So it's Karoo with all of the O's. But the point is they own CarTrack, which is a much easier and more sensible name and I think a business that we all know. 
And the cool thing with car track, it's very much about recurring revenue, right? They sign up someone, they put the telematics device in your car and you pay them every month. And they kind of know that cash flow is coming. And often they only lose a customer when that person actually sells the car. So it becomes a hack, right? You get a car, you put the tracker in, your insurance is related to that. If you're going to change from that, it's work. So what ends up happening is they hand on to a customer until, you know, that car is sold or whatever the case may be. So it's a very good business. I am a shareholder in Carew. Thankfully, I bought it before they went and did the whole NASDAQ listing uh, because the share price has been quite sideways for a while now. They're kind of struggling to break out of this traded range. And the problem is that a lot of growth has been priced in. So they almost have to catch up to the valuation. And they are doing it. Their subscribers in CarTrack grew 14% year on year in the third quarter. I think what's not so great is that their rate of growth has slowed. So the actual number of net new subscribers in this quarter was not as high as the comparable quarter. But it's still growing strongly. Total revenue was up 16% as reported or 14% if you sort of just take out the currency effect. And CarTrack is now growing in every single region in which it operates. And I think what's also quite nice is cash generated from operations was up 55%. Now, they haven't always had a great time with cash from operations because they spend quite a lot of money or they invest quite a lot of money in those telematics devices. And that can chew up quite a lot of working capital. So to see cash generated from operations go up by that amount is very nice. Uh, they have kind of strayed from their core business a couple of times, once successfully and once horribly. So I'll start with the horrible one, which is a business called Kazuka. So I've joked many times that it's time to take a bazooka to Kazuka, and eventually they agreed that this is what they should be doing because they are getting out of it. It's just a used car dealership, and there's really no logical reason why, that, why they should play around with trying to enter the used car market. They lost 15 million rand in the comparable quarter. They lost 28 million rand this quarter. So they really wasted quite a lot of shareholder money on Kazuka. And they try and tell a story that they created some technology and platform type stuff there that will help the rest of the business. Look, I just think it was a mistake. And uh, I will give them credit that at least they are, you know, cutting their losses now. They're closing it down and they're moving on. Uh, they've got another business called Karoo Logistics. Much better story there. It's actually profitable. It's still very small. They're sort of playing in the package market for want of a better description. Uh, and, you know, we'll see what happens there. But that makes a bit more sense to me because at least it uses that sort of telematics flavor. As for why they ever went into used car sales, I genuinely don't know. Another thing that happens over December is uh, people look around their homes and say, uh, put off fixing these things for long enough. Uh, time for some DIY and, of course, uh, an opportunity with bonuses and what have you to also perhaps do some upgrades. Uh, and a company that's uh, generally exposed to that sort of behavior is Cash Build, but it would seem that uh, this year um, there was more biscuit eating than um, than wall fixing. Cash Build's <laughs> revenue not exactly uh, climbing at a, at a high rate. Yes, 100%. I'm just laughing because that's a great way to put it. There was more biscuit eating than wall fixing, that's right. And uh, unfortunately, Cash Build's numbers do show us that. So, I think the problem here, bluntly, is that actually at this point in time where South Africans, specifically that's cash build's primary exposure, right, where South Africans are sitting with a bit of extra cash and they are happy to spend it on their houses, I think they're putting in solar at this point in time because of ESCOM. I don't think they're adding on that extra bedroom. You know, you've got to have pretty serious consumer confidence for that kind of behavior and consumer confidence is not something we have a lot of right now. To listen to the full interview, go to the podcast page on futuremedia.com.na. Ghost Biz was proudly presented by IJG. IJG, making your money work for you. Visit IJG.net for more information. That was The Business Report on Novo 035. 
Listen to all these segments and previous episodes with our podcast service on nova.com.na. The Business Report is a Future Media News production with input from Michelle van Veek, Gary Strubel, Angie Schultz, David Bishop, and Raymond Seafelt. Comments and questions can be sent to tbr at nova.com.na.